What's up, everyone, and welcome into episode number 80, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest joining this episode, and that is Grand Valley State running back Jack Proventure. How are you doing, Jack? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining. So this past year, or the last four years, you played at GVSU. You've had an extremely successful career there. You've won... uh, the GLIAC, but every single kind of football player has a different path to the sport, especially playing in college. So can you kind of talk a little bit about how you ended up joining the sport of football, and then we can get into how your recruitment went after you kind of explain how you got into football? Yeah, so, um, you know, my, my upbringing into the sport of football, it was fairly generic, I would say, compared to what you hear from a lot of guys. Um, I started out in, it was either second or third grade in our, uh, our, local, uh, our local flag football league, and I played in there for, uh, so it was either, either second to fifth or third to fifth grade, so three or four years there. I didn't play my first year of uh, tackle football until I was in uh, sixth grade, which as far as I'm aware, I think that was a little bit uh, behind the curve compared to some of the kids that I knew when I, when I joined that team. So that was for the, uh, the, uh, the St. Lawrence Mustangs. Um, obviously, uh, given the name, it was a, it was a Catholic league, local Catholic league, but, uh, it was pretty cool. There was a lot of, uh, that was, I think my first introduction to what I would say is a little bit like higher level football, even for, uh, sixth grade, because, uh, there's a handful of guys that I played with, uh, played played with and played against who I knew uh, ended up having uh, strong uh, high school careers, and some went on to play at the college level too. So that was really cool to kind of, uh, in hindsight, to be able to experience that uh, at what I would say would be an early age. Yeah, absolutely. So were you like the first person in your family to play play football? Was there any football background in your I... family before that? Uh, both my parents are, are athletes, but uh, none of them, uh, no one in my family, up to my knowledge, had played in college. My dad, uh, my dad had a successful career uh, in high school with his team at uh, Sterling Heights Stevenson High School. Uh, but uh, like I said, they, he never made it into college, uh, into college football. Uh, and then my mom was, uh, you know, your typical junior high school, high school uh, uh, athlete. She did uh, basketball and track. I don't remember if she played volleyball or not, but for sure the other two. And it's funny, uh, ironically, going back to when I first started playing football, obviously grew up playing um, playing running back through uh, my my latter years. But when I first started, I didn't actually play running back. We had these two uh, we had these two twins. One of their name was Justin. I forget the other one's name, but they these two kids were fast as all get out. So I actually played offensive line. But a lot of the time, our coach would run this little uh, fumble ruski esque play, which I got to score on a lot. But yeah, surprising a uh, uh, surprising start to uh, my my full career of football. Yeah, absolutely. So you had a very successful high school career, which helped you get to play for a great program, Division Two in Grand Valley State, one of the top programs in the country, in my opinion, at least the last couple of years under Coach Mitchell. We'll kind of talk a little bit about that later on as well. But can you kind of talk about your whole like? recruiting process you went through because each person has a different kind of process or ups and downs and also once you you got to GVSU how different was kind of playing college football compared to playing high school 
Yeah. So for my recruiting process, um, it was a little bit, and I, it's funny just in the, uh, in, in the short amount of time from now till, uh, to back then when I was getting recruited, but my, uh, my recruiting trail didn't really pick up until more or less, I would say my senior year, because, uh, not to say I didn't do, do, you know, fairly well to get some, uh, some notice from certain coaches, but like, I never, I never sent my film out. I never went on just casual, uh, like game day visits and stuff like that. I only went to, uh, I think my junior year, after my junior year, before my senior year, I had only gone to one or two camps at uh, Wayne State, which is just like a, a general one-day camp. And then uh, not until before my – like right before my senior year, like the last month before training camp kicked off, I went to like a weekend. Uh, it was like a three-day camp at uh, Michigan State. So uh, up until then, I didn't really have a lot going on as far as recruitment. And then uh, through the season, as I was doing uh, – I was doing really well and our team was doing really well. I started getting noticed from, uh, you know, a lot of GLIAC schools, uh, Saginaw showed a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of interest early. Um, yeah, obviously conversations with uh, other schools around the area. And then, uh, I would say probably in October or so I started getting into contact with coach Postma, the defensive backs coach over at GV because the assistant principal who, uh, I knew, I knew well growing up, he played at Grand Valley. And so he obviously had some connections with, uh, with the coaches there, coach Mitchell. He obviously, he didn't play with any of them, but just being, you know, being an alumni, being a fo- being a former football player, uh, he always would, uh, you know, reach out to them. And lucky for me, uh, he, you know, he put my name out there and then we eventually got to talking and, you know, the rest was history from there. I didn't, um, uh, in terms of just my recruiting class in general, I, uh, I recruited or I committed fairly late, uh, a little bit after Christmas, like it was, yeah, like early January ish. So not, not too long before, uh, signing day. So, uh, but yeah, definitely no regrets with making that decision. And then as far as, um, as far as kind of like that, that jump between, uh, high school and college football, I didn't play at, uh, by any means, I didn't play a, a low level, um, you know, below average, uh, high school, uh, uh, the play, the high school I went to, we were pretty, pretty fairly well known for football being our main sport. And it was a division one, uh, division one ranking, but getting into, getting into grand Valley where guys are coming from, you know, all over the place, you got your, uh, your division one schools from Michigan. There were some D eight, uh, players from West Catholic and stuff like that. And then, you know, you got your guys from, Indiana, Ohio, and even other other uh, surrounding states. Everybody's good, and uh, everybody's fast. That was the one thing I found out really quickly because I can remember early during uh, during training camp. It was a lot different back then. Us freshmen, we didn't do a whole lot until it was freshman on freshman. We didn't exactly get reps with the guys that had been there. But I tell you what, I remember a couple of times where I tried to. You know, we ran outside zone or something, a wide run to the left or to the right. And there's a D lineman who he didn't he didn't always get me. But there's a couple of times where I remember he was pretty close. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, am I am I slow or are these guys just that fast? Yeah. And I'm sure in high school when you probably went the outside zone, it was more like no one was unless he was a spectacular talent. No one was getting close to you. And you could just if you can get past the defensive line, you are probably pretty 
pretty much gone but that but in college it seems like that wasn't really the case yeah no absolutely and that was the other thing was you know a lot of times during football and it, it obviously helped we had we had very good coaches we had other good players it wasn't like I was the only good one out there and, and to reiterate it wasn't like we were playing um you know low level talent on the other side of the ball either so you know once we got something set up it was it was relatively easy for me compared to uh compared to college yeah so that that was a bit of a bit of a a curve I had to adjust to but you know obviously it only takes you a little bit to get used to it and then it ends up being you know it's just any other day it's just the normal at that point yeah and it kind of sounds like your recruitment took off a little late did you ever really see yourself playing college football until then or was it just like hey you know what I'm just going to play my heart I'm going to love this sport that I do and if something shows up then I'll take a chance at it and it seems like GVSU was that yeah it's it's hard to say because like I always like I always wanted to play college football because it's just one of those you know you love the sport that you play but uh I I didn't know like and this is the other thing like me my parents we we didn't know any any sort of way to like go about how to you know, kind of like be your own manager and pick up your own recruitment and kind of like kickstart it for yourself. Whereas, you know, like I say, how, how different things are. There's kids who I, I remember a couple of years after my senior year and I was already at Grand Valley, we had kids who were, uh, they were getting, you know, uh, taking visits at least just to, you know, like your Michigan State, Western, Central, Eastern, University of Michigan. And, I didn't realize until I talked to, you know, other people, not all of those were like invitations to visit. You can just go and kind of get some FaceTime with coaches and then, you know, you can kind of build a relationship and then maybe they'll ask for your tape, stuff like that. I didn't know how to go about any of that. So I, for the most part, I was just pretty much, you know, putting, putting highlight tapes together and trying to see what that could do for me. And, uh, and like I mentioned, uh, Saginaw was pretty, uh, was pretty highly interested early compared to most of the other schools and then once I you know it gets to that point later in the process where you know you're visiting uh campuses you're going up for you're getting invited to go go see some of the games and then obviously that was the big thing was I actually uh ironically all the game day visits I took I took three game day visits one to Saginaw one to Wayne State and one to Grand Valley State Grand Valley State played in all three of those games which and I'm sure that was by intention of, uh, you know, Saginaw and uh, Wayne State because the the Saginaw game it actually ended up being I didn't know it at the time but it ended up being the game that would give Grand Valley State the GLI title in in uh, the 2016 season and that game went to double overtime they won uh, oh man I don't even remember what the final score was it was probably like 70 to 63 or something like that it was it was crazy. And then for the Wayne State game, you know, they're playing them real tough uh, through the first half. And then Grand Valley started taking over. And then uh, for the Grand Valley uh, visit, they were playing Truman State. And they were just they were just taking it to them all game, Grand Valley was. And so kind of uh, it almost seems like it kind of like backfired on, on the other programs because after kind of seeing Grand Valley week in and week out that I could see them, they're just, you know, they're just showing kind of what separates themselves as a program. And I'm you know, seeing that and then seeing all the, the campus itself, the facilities, I'm, you know, it started making it real easy, especially when coach Mitchell started talking with me. I'm, 
I was telling my mom and dad like pretty early once in the process of talking to them. I'm 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 telling them I'm like this is where I want to go. Like this is the spot. It kind of it kind of seems like it was meant for you to go to GVSU if you went to three visits and all three at GVSU was playing in. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like uh, just kind of like written in the stars type of thing. Exactly. So you talked a little bit about kind of like the talent you faced at GVSU, and a lot of that probably that you talked about was probably the talent you had to play at practice. So your own players, but. Being a team like GVSU, you played some of the top teams in the country, especially this past year, being able to play against like Ferris State, which ended up going back-to-back national championships. But can you kind of talk a little bit about what it was like playing those top teams, especially winning the GLIAC over a team like Ferris State, which I'm assuming is a team you're, you don't like too well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they'll they'll always have a, a sour place in my heart. But uh, <laughs> it was it was definitely um, kind of going through the the years of of playing football and learning more about the game and understanding what goes into making a great program what it is. Uh, it kind of it, it makes you respect uh, what they have going on. And obviously, you know, Ferris isn't the only great program that we played. Being they were back to back champions, but you know, we had a hard-fought win over uh, Northwest Missouri State, which we were able to kind of get a little payback on them from my uh, my redshirt freshman year in 2018, where, you know, we took a, a very unfortunate loss to them in the playoffs that year. Um, but it just – it really it really opens up your eyes as to, you know, uh, you know the great coaches uh, among D2 uh, and, you know, the support staff and, and just a lot of the things that go into uh, – you know, like I said, a lot of things that go into making a, a great program what it is and kind of what it takes to to do that consistently. And, and that's what I think is the hardest part is the consistency of it all. Yeah. And speaking of great coaches, Coach Mitchell, there was an announcement that was made that he's stepping away as the head coach and is headed to take a job at Wisconsin. Can you kind of talk a little bit about Coach Mitchell and then the announcement of Coach Wooster being the next head coach because it seems like players were also extremely excited for him as well. Yeah, you know, um, uh, real, real happy for uh, for Coach Mitch. First of all, there's, you know, he des- deserves the world for for what he has put into to to Grand Valley State since he's been here. Not even just as a head coach, but you know, in his days as a um, in his defensive coaching positions and and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it was what was great about, you know, Coach Mitch was he he taught he taught the team a lot about, you know, as I've mentioned with like what great coaches do is being able to come in day in and day out and give your consistent best because that is what it takes to, you know, to to be the best, to to beat the best is to be consistent. And on top of that, he he wasn't there just to, you know, coach football. He was there to um, help you develop as, uh, as a young man growing into your adulthood. And there was, there was one thing where he, we always talked about, uh, he always talked about this during fall camp, especially when, uh, when the new freshmen come in, he would always talk about, uh, you know, the way to, uh, basically the way to, to keep your life in a sustained order where you're not messing with 
what we would call since football, you know, if you're earning some scholarship money, that's what he would call your main source of income. And there was always a, a process that he would say, especially for later in life when you're making some real money, he would always say, you know, get it in, in order, get a degree, get a career, get married, have kids in that order. And obviously that just, we would expand on a whole bunch of other stuff, but you know, one of the main things he always wanted, he always wanted his players to, to finish school and get a degree and put themselves in positions where they can succeed in life beyond the football field and beyond the gridiron, which, and it, and that's, that's something that I feel like you don't see a lot in coaches at, at any level, but you see a lot of them, you know, the, some guys who have like big social media personalities uh, or a, a large following, I should say, where, you know, they can say a lot of these things and, you know, you maybe hear uh, uh, some, uh, some things uh, in the opposite manner from, you know, former players or coaches that had been under that person. But, you know, if you ask anybody, Coach Mitch was a, was a genuine guy who he always wanted the best for, uh, for his players. And then as far as, um, as far as Coach Wooster, uh, I, for one, I know I was real, real happy that he was the one that got the job. I thought it was a no, uh, a no brainer. And I'm glad that uh, Kerry Becker and, and the rest of the athletic department were able to make this uh, a pretty seamless transition for the program because, like you had mentioned, a lot of players uh, are also uh, real, real happy uh, that he got the job. And, you know, he's, he's just got this, this way of, of, like, commanding a room. And I think even, you know, just for, for anyone, let alone coaches, I think that's an extremely rare thing. And it's uh, being able to kind of see him uh, – kind of put that on display uh, when we would either get ready for a game or if he's uh, kind of coaching up uh, running backs as well as the alignment, given that he's the run game coordinator, you can just see the way that he is able to, like I said, take command of the room and, you know, everyone, everyone gives him the attention that he needs and deserves. And, you know, I'm, I'm real excited to see, uh, to see him. I texted him right after he got hired. I'm, I just told him I was real excited uh, to see him elevate this program and kind of take it to another level, which I think he's full well capable of. Yeah, and you were speaking extremely highly of Coach Mitchell, especially I feel like he's going to leave a great legacy. Coach Wooster seems like he's continuing to build on that as well, hopefully leave his own legacy, continue the upward trajectory of where GVSU football is going. And speaking of legacy, each class kind of has their own legacy that they leave behind so what are some of the things that you and your kind of recruiting classes seniors what kind of legacy or what would you be want to be remembered for at gbsu during your four or five years at the football team uh, well i know uh coach mitch and i'm sure he's gonna say that or uh, he did say this for the last couple of years, and I'm sure Coach Wooster would, would be saying the same for, for, the la- for the next couple of years to come. But one of the biggest things that Coach Mitch gives a lot of credit for is the guys who uh, made the decision to stick around uh, even after COVID because, you know, that wasn't easy for a lot of people to, you know, take a year off of football and, and you know, keep, keep uh, you know, taking part in, in the, the team lifts and practices, knowing that for at least another year, there's, there's going to be no football for us and nothing. And it's just going to be essentially a grind for, you know, for, for an unforeseen amount of time. 
And uh, a lot of the things that I'm really proud of for our, our senior class was just the guys were able to hang in there. And there was a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, collective, like close, uh, like tight knit um, friendship among the seniors, especially. And that wasn't just to say that, you know, we weren't close with the guys, you know, the juniors and, and under, but uh, that, that group of guys were just real close to each other since, uh, since we all came in together. And even the guys who uh, transferred at some point uh, midway through and, you know, uh, we were really, I think we really, really made a big jump in like the family aspect of the Grand Valley football program. And I think, you know, uh, Coach Mitch obviously realized that, and I'm sure Coach Wooster and all the other coaches realized that as well. And, you know, they're going to obviously uh, – you can only hope that the next, you know, next group of seniors and, and so on and so forth will kind of keep building on that because, you know, you want everyone to have a great experience in college football because that's, you know, it's very – it's all temporary. No one's going to be able to play college football forever and, you know, no one's going to be able to play football forever. So you want, you know – with the, with the limited amount of time you have left, you want to make sure that you're able to make the most of it and have uh, make some make some good memories along the way. Yeah, and the one thing that I loved that you brought up, and one thing that isn't really talked about too much, at least anymore, is the COVID season. I think while the COVID season sucked, especially for athletes more than anyone, without COVID the last couple of years, I think people kind of forget of how much COVID affected athletes like COVID affected you couldn't play games you probably couldn't practice too much if you could if people got tested positive for COVID that just throws everything off I think like the whole idea of when if you're a big college basketball fan when March Madness got canceled for COVID I think fans were and for rightly so devastated but I don't think fans realize of how much of an impact COVID had on athletes because you guys couldn't play games. And while a bunch of, while practice can be fun, what you're doing is you're practicing to play in a game and to go win a championship. Yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, and that was the other, that was the other big thing was like, you're talking about a whole, a whole different process of trying to, you know, navigate around, uh, uh, it's constantly changing, uh, national and state guidelines of, you know, you can have this amount of people indoors before it becomes an issue. You can, you know, do this outside, you can X, Y, and Z. And then obviously, like you mentioned, uh, we were getting, uh, we, we originally, I think we originally started with uh, PCR testing, which is, uh, it's, it's one of those ones where it was supposed to have a, like a higher threshold for COVID um, if you had it. And so we would get those tests, we would get tested like twice a week, like every like three or four days, something like that. And then obviously if you, you clear, you're good to practice. If you're not, then you had to, you know, tell the trainers, you know, who are you living with? Uh, who have you seen in the last, you know, X amount of hours and stuff like that. And it was just a whole, you know, sometimes it was a circus of just trying to balance, like trying to find, you know, uh, a safe and effective way for us to keep doing what we are trying to do without, you know, either over either violating guidelines or just, you know, getting sick in general. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. So one of the last couple of questions I have 
what is one of your favorite memories while playing football at Grand Valley? Maybe even on and maybe even off the field as well. Um, as far as on the field, <clears throat> I would definitely say um, one of the biggest ones. I don't know if I'd say it is the biggest one, but one of the biggest ones would have to be, you know, the first ever career touchdown I scored against the uh, University of Indianapolis, my redshirt freshman year in uh, 2018 you know, played a pretty solid game. It was my first, like I said, first ever game. Uh, you know, it, it wasn't like I was just coming in late. The, uh, you know, it was I played the entire game with uh, with Shantez Moss in the backfield. You know, it was it was it was awesome being able to really really experience Grand Valley game day playing as opposed to the the year before where you know you're not dressed, you're you're on scout team the whole year, and then you're you're you know you're watching your teammates you know, try to win a game, but, um, definitely, uh, definitely beating Ferris would probably, probably take the top spot for me just cause, uh, you know, that was the first time we did it in so many years. And, uh, that was the first, that was the first one that I had, uh, personally, as far as, uh, you know, on the field memories go, but with off the field, uh, you know, just the, the living situation, I'd say collectively for my senior year was, was awesome. I, lived with a great group of guys uh, and it actually ended up being in a, uh, ironically enough, it was in a duplex and both sides of the house were, were all teammates. And then there's a couple teammates that lived a couple units down as well. So it was, it was really nice to be around, uh, you know, be around my teammates a lot because up to that point beforehand, I actually lived in a one bedroom for like a, a year and a half. And it was a great change up, uh, great being around everybody, especially like I said, talking about, uh, making the most of uh, the remaining time that you have left. And so, you, you know, it was always good being able to, you know, celebrate with them. And, you know, just if we ever had like a lazy day over the summer, like go play some golf and stuff like that, you know, it was always, you know, always a great time. Yeah. And those sound like amazing memories and memories that you'll never forget, but also at the same time, when you're a college athlete or athlete in general, now, everything will be positive you'll receive challenges in the sport so like what were coming what were some of your kind of greatest challenges at gvsu and what did you kind of do to overcome them because a lot of people like talking about the great things that they do the great games scoring touchdown great wins but sometimes the greatest growth in a player is overcoming those great challenges that they face yeah uh there's there's a handful in there, but I would definitely say the biggest uh, biggest kind of challenge for me to come back from because it ended up turning into a, a lot more than what it initially was. Um, so 2018 for context was was a really great year for me. Uh, had a close to a thousand total yards, uh, rookie of the year for the for Grand Valley. Um, you know, and it was great. I was able to make a name for myself, and then. Uh, between uh, spring ball of 2019 uh, and then going into the summer, I didn't I didn't have a great training camp, and so I ended up pretty much losing that starting spot between uh, uh, Arion Kane VC, who was uh, you know he was making some big steps in his game uh, compared to last year, and then we had Bryce Young Walls, a, a seasoned veteran who was coming off of he was coming off ineligibility the year before, and so there's two two more guys thrown into the mix and. Um, Tariq Reed, who obviously, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best players I've ever had the, the pleasure of, of sharing a field with, um, 
he was making improvements through the season too. So I've got, you know, it turned into basically me and Shantez in the year before splitting reps and him being, you know, the main level of competition to, I got, you know, four or five guys that are full, fully capable, including myself to, to, you know, take the starting snap or any of the biggest snaps of the game at any point in the season. And so it was a lot to adjust to. And uh, between that, uh, our position coach at the time, it was, it was pretty rough. And so then going into <clears throat> that off season, you know, I, I had put on a little bit of weight that I didn't intend to. And so I had made the, you know, the commitment to myself that I was going to, you know, get in really good shape. I wasn't going to leave anything, anything to question uh, by the coaches to think, am I, you know, physically ready to, you know, will I be in shape by the time uh, uh, training camp comes around? And then obviously talking about 2020 uh, COVID hits. And so that was, you know, our, our uh, spring practices got cut off on like the third day. And so, you know, that was a big, uh, that was a big blow because, you know, I put in up to that point, if we got done in, you know, November, it's March, uh, like five, you know, five hard months of, of off season training all for pretty much nothing at that point. And then like we had mentioned earlier, you have the COVID practices where that's all it is, is just practice and you're not, you're not working towards a game. So it's just, you know, it was just trying to stay, you know, stay committed to myself to, to do the very best that I can, which I knew I was capable of because obviously I had shown I can do it before. And just building off of that was, was really tough. 2021 wasn't ideal, but uh, it was a, it was a build. It was like a stepping stone. It was a, it was building, like I said, on the year before. And then 2022 turned into a, a much better, um, much better year. And so, you know, it ended up paying off uh, down the road compared to when I, I, you know, tried to take care of things. But I think it ended up working out for the best that way, being that it was like, you know, a, a good senior send off. Yeah. So it kind of sounds like some of the greatest lessons you kind of learned and football is just kind of continue to work just never give up just continue to work extremely hard even when you might not be doing what you want to do or you might not be in the position you want to be just continue to work and it seems like you did that at Grand Valley and it ended up with your senior year playing playing pretty well to very well winning a GLIAC championship being ranked, I believe, number one or number two in the country at one point towards yep. the end of the season. Um, while it wasn't probably the result at the end of the season you guys wanted, it definitely seems like a season that you can look back on and say, hey, you know what, I've experienced all these challenges. And while it's not what I wanted, it's not that national championship, it's still something I can be proud of with my teammates. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's – that's one of the biggest things is <clears throat> you just gotta, you know, I wouldn't say you gotta uh, get into like a tunnel vision or anything, but you gotta understand that, you know, nothing, you know, nothing, uh, nothing that's worth working hard for is going to come, is going to come quickly or come easily. And, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to make that choice to, to put the work in and try to better yourself or, you know, work on whatever situation it is, whether, you know, it's, football or other life situations um, you got to be willing to, to kind of get into it otherwise and get into it consistently. Otherwise you're not going to get what you want out of it and it won't be as satisfying either. That's the big thing is um, 
you know, it was, it was, I was very satisfied with myself after the fact, realizing, you know, where I was able to get to from where I started. Yeah. And so a couple last questions. One of the more highly rated topics or one of the biggest topics in sports right now is a whole idea of like the transfer portal, NIL, all that kind of stuff, especially for Division One, as an athlete, kind of like a Division Two level, especially a team like GBSU, is there anything kind of like that going on, or is it mostly just it feels like it's like Division One, or it's not as big of a like selling point as um like the ESPN and people make it seem? Yeah, my biggest thing on that, I'm I'm not a huge uh, a huge NIL guy specifically because you're I think you hit it right on the head. There's not <clears throat> there's not a lot of room for it uh, in D2, mainly because, you know, uh, we talked about I've talked about this in my um, one of my my classes with a professor. Uh, to our knowledge, Grand Valley is the biggest or sorry, Grand Rapids is the largest major city without a division one school. And so if you really think about that and what that speaks to where, you know, most division schools are at and there's not you know, whether there's not as much population, there's not as much business, uh, there's not a lot of, you know, money that can go into, um, into these players for, for NIL. We had, we had a couple of guys, um, a couple of guys get some NIL deals, but when I heard the details about it, like it almost just sounded like it, it wasn't much different than if you had a discount working at, you know, working at a restaurant and you get like a free meal on your break or something like that. It just didn't seem super worth it to me. It didn't seem uh, not. I shouldn't say it didn't seem super worth it. But there, there is a massive step down between you know guys that are NFL potential, uh, you know, from like Texas or Florida or USC compared to you know you got Grand Valley, Allendale, Michigan, and you know you got to sell you got to sell it for what it is. Um, and that's just that's just obviously a huge thing. It may be I don't know if it is any different down south. Obviously, uh, you know, southern football is a little bit different. Northwest Missouri State has a, a lot of money that goes into their program itself as far as their uh, facilities and stuff. They just got a huge upgrade to, you know, their their football center and their locker rooms and and whatnot. I'm not sure about any sort of NIL opportunities that, you know, guys from that area are getting. But, you know, like I said, there there is a massive jump. And I. I wish there was a way to, you know, get more of that for D2 athletes because, you know, if you look, if you, if you follow closely enough in the grand scheme of things, D2 isn't a huge gap behind a handful of D1 schools. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, but that's just, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah. And that's the thing that kind of is frustrating, especially when you're a big fan of sports, especially when, you ha- when you know people at Division Two, Division Three, or even was an athlete at one of those levels, I don't think you guys are appreciated enough to be completely honest with you because everyone wants to focus on Division One. Everyone wants to focus on Michigan State, Michigan, Western, Central, Eastern. There's really great football all around the state of Michigan. Like Division Two, Michigan had, I believe, three, four teams at one point in the top twenty-five in Division Two football. 
Yep. And everyone talks about Michigan, Michigan State. And while I'm a big Michigan State fan, I'm a big college football fan, I don't think you guys are appreciated enough. And I don't think people realize how hard it is to play even Division Three, not let alone Division Two. Like everyone say, everyone thinks, oh, every anyone and everyone can play Division Three. That's not true at all, especially Division Two. There's a lot of Division One talent that is played at Division Two, and I don't think people really realize that. Yeah, and I think that's a big perspective uh, that you know, being at that D two level, you can kind of get an understanding because you know I've seen. I played, I played alongside guys who, you know, played alongside and I played against guys who came from, you know, Michigan, uh, you know, areas down South, other uh, higher level D2 programs. And, you know, you, plenty of other guys who through their recruitment uh, through high school, they were getting power five, uh, you know, out the wazoo, but they ended up at Grand Valley. And, you know, I think that speaks a lot of volume to, to D2 itself. And then obviously, like you said, even D3, there's plenty of, uh, plenty of dynasty programs in the D3 level where, you know, any of us D2 guys, um, you can throw on the national championship and you can realize, yeah, that guy could probably play here. You know, that guy could probably play, you know, at any other D2 school and it just, they just so happened to lane D3. But yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people don't have a great perspective on that. And, you know, I think it's starting to change a little bit, but yeah, as of right now, that's just, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah, a lot of NFL talent, too. A lot of NFL from Ferris, a lot of NFL from GVSU. You even saw a Division three lineman going, like, the top three rounds, um, I think, last year on the NFL draft. Yeah, from, so the, uh, I think it was, like, Wisconsin Whitewater or something like that. And then yeah. and then the other thing, too, you talk about, uh, you know, D2 talent. Uh, 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 Jenison or Jensen, the, the center from the Buccaneers, that guy played at uh, Colorado State Pueblo and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's division. There's talent all over the country, and I hope it eventually changes. I hope more people start paying attention to Division Two, II, Division Three. Do I think it will happen? Kind of hard to predict since Division One, especially football in like the South, and like there's so many really like treasured programs in Division One. It would kind of be hard to, but I'm hoping that it at least changes a little bit more towards. A- people realizing hey there's really good football at lower levels as well for sure and i think also like you know getting out on social media and stuff like that and if you can find uh you know you got guys like uh like matt judon for instance that guy's always wearing his gv varsity jacket that is his uh, like post practice or post game pressers and stuff like that so it's just little things like that where a lot of people on social media might see something like that and they'll be like oh i wonder you know wonder what that is and then you know, they, they go down a little rabbit hole and they find out, oh, you know, he went to Grand Valley. I wonder where these other guys went, stuff like that. Exactly. So before the last question, I just want to say thank you again so much for joining. I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day. I know you have a busy schedule, so I really appreciate you talking about your career at GVSU some of the challenges you went through and just, again, just taking your time out of the day. I'm hopeful. And I think a lot of people will take a lot of the the things that you say away from this and learn a lot more about what it's like to be a division two football player. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Yeah. So for football players that were maybe in your situation or football players that their goal is to reach college football to play at division one division two 
Division Three, what would your advice be to help them reach their goal of playing college football? I would just say the biggest thing is, you know, find a connection. Uh, if there's, you know, I, I've had I've, I've had coaches at my high school who have had experience at at the next level. Like I said, my the whole thing that got this started with Grand Valley, my my assistant principal, he he played at Grand Valley back in the day, and he was able to get me in touch. So if you can find Someone even, I guess you could even say outside of football who has a connection to, you know, these universities or, or any place that, you know, would be of interest to you. If you can get that started and then, you know, kind of get some get some FaceTime with coaches or get your get your film out there, uh, just striking a conversation. That would be the biggest thing because, you know, it's all it's all about building a relationship. And and I was lucky enough to have a great relationship with you know, with Coach Postma during my recruitment, with Coach uh, Mitchell when he was able to make time for it, and then obviously as uh, as my career went on. So that was that's the biggest thing is you know find find a connection, find a find something that will strike your interest and kind of build from there. Yeah, and I hope anyone that's listening to this takes that approach, builds that relationships. Life is honestly all about relationships. It's all about the people that you that you know it's all about those types of things so i hope that people listening take that away maybe if they're not even playing college football or that's not even their goal it's just it's a great thing to do in general in life but yeah i really appreciate again you you joining if you want to ever come back on and just talk college football in general you're always more than welcome to hey, join absolutely. if you ever busy but yeah i really appreciate you jack and i wish you the best going forward in whatever you decide to do all right thank, hey thanks again for having me on i appreciate being able to talk about all this yeah absolutely and that is the end of episode number 80 thank you for joining